Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, man, how's the day treating you? <laughs> it's going pretty well, honestly. I'm happy to be here finally. It's been a little hectic at home. Severe weather, I guess, yep. is causing some power and Wi-Fi and water and problems, water. but yeah. we're here. We're here, and hopefully we get through this recording with no cuts or anything we'll see though if the wi-fi drops so do we but we got a fun episode though in the meantime today we are diving deep into some things you just may not know about apex legends including some key details about legends abilities really fun stuff and i'm excited to dive into it before we do that though uh make sure that you leave a five-star review if you leave a question in the form of a five-star review, we guarantee it'll be answered on Apple Pods, and a five-star review very much helps the show. We would appreciate it over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the third-party podcast and want more, please consider joining our Patreon community. We play with our patrons, have an entire library of bonus episodes for you to enjoy, and each month do a discussion podcast with every single patron. It'd be great to have you there. Patreon community is awesome, that's for sure. Uh, before we dive into the main topic of the day, though, we got some news to cover. First piece of news, an update shipped for Apex Legends on November 5th that we're going to be talking about now. Uh, so here's the little patch notes. We got the triple take headshot multiplier reduced to 1.75. The EVA 8 per pellet damage reduced to 6. The G7 Scout ammo reserves in the care pack was increased to 140. And the headshot multiplier was increased to 2. They fixed some bugs with the double tap hop up and some map issues as well. And they re-enabled an Easter egg in the firing range that we will be actually discussing later in the show today. Anything in that patch stand out? I know the EVA 8 has kind of been the hot topic so far in the community of those. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the changes to the EVA is not incredibly drastic. It's still the top dog, honestly, in terms of like time to kill, accuracy, things like that. Um, although going down from seven to six and per pellet damage is pretty significant, this doesn't actually affect the shots it takes to knock somebody with purple armor. So mm -hmm. holistically, it shouldn't feel a whole lot different. Um, the change to the triple take, though, going from a two times multiplier on headshots down to a 1.75, that is another kind of marginal decrease. You're still mm -hmm. going to be hitting big, big headshots. Like It's still a very powerful weapon, but I think all of these changes are definitely positive to the quality of life. I think it's going to smooth out some edges for the game. And you know, if the G7 can get a little bit of ammo, I guess <laughs> I guess that makes it better. How many times have you picked up the G7 since it's gone care packed? I know you're missing it a lot. I'll tell you, Shay, like the care packages and their increased like weapon yeah. spawn, feeling mm -hmm. it big time. Totally. I'm using totally. so many alternators, so many G7s, um, Spitfires. It's great. Yeah, it's cool to see these little hot patches all the time. Just kind of shows that they're listening to the community per se. And, and that's that's definitely a nice thing to have as being someone that pays attention every single day. The EVA changes, though, the one that our people are mentioning the most, if anything, it just slightly decreases some of that room for error. If you start missing pellets now, you might feel it sooner rather than later. But overall, like you said, not going to change the use case too much. Next piece of news, though, we got the Market and Apex collab officially dropping, uh, available from November 9th to November 23rd. The collab is offering up fantastic skins for Wraith, Mirage, Bloodhound, and Lifeline. Uh, the bundles include stuff like emotes, dive animations, and there is also a Gibraltar bubble bundle available uh, but that is actually not a direct collab but we gotta say the dj gibby skin is an absolute must see and i gotta say maybe slightly hot take but i think this might be one of the best set of skins the game has seen yet uh it's just beyond exciting to see a collab come in like this and think about what it could offer for the future in terms of more skins like this in the game yeah, it's pretty cool to have a designer brand come into Apex, do a collaboration where you can get in-game skins, but then also purchase the gear uh, yeah. in real life. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, just like you said, it just opens up this opportunity. You know, when can we mm -hmm. get more sort of collaborations like this where we're able to get physical products 
and get more partnerships. Mm-hmm. We think it's cool. Some people might see it as like a sellout kind of thing of like putting brands in the game yeah, as a promotion. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, when it looks like this, hard to complain. It's hard cool. to complain. No doubt about it. I'm so close to buying the Mirage skin. Like I'm going back and forth right now. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. Are you going to pull the trigger on Gibraltar at all? I know you really like that DJ skin when you saw it for the first time. It's pretty dang good. I don't pull out my wallet very often, no. but everything's going quite good at the work life. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll splurge. Maybe on splurge. Oh, I love it. Well, next piece of news though, EA held their Q2 2022. Jesus, that's a lot of twos. Earning call recently and some interesting numbers from the Apex scene kind of emerged and just kind of stuff to reiterate here. Apex Legends spending was the highest it has ever been in the last quarter and is closing in on generating $1 billion annually. That is a billion with a B. EA then further reaffirmed that Apex Legends will be a strong global franchise for at least the next 10 years. Just got to say from this, the game ain't going anywhere. Once you start talking billions, the game's going to be sticking around and it's uh, providing EA a ton of revenue and it's providing a lot of the fan base a ton of fun, no doubt. I think that the thing that to keep an eye on from the numbers standpoint and the health of the game as a franchise is mobile. Mm-hmm. Mobile yeah. is going to be huge, not only for the player base and just raw numbers, but it's going to generate money. Like these mobile games just are cash cows, honestly. And with an IP as strong as Apex, I think they're they're set up to be very successful. Yep. And then we also got some other news that since the season 11 launch this last week, Apex Legends has once again topped Twitch as the number one most streamed game for the last week. Really cool. And I saw some people saying like, oh, is this even like important? They do this every season. Pretty cool that they do this every season. Shows that there's a loyal fan base that uh, gets hyped coming around on the new season and that it attracts new people each and every time. So the game continues to grow and that's kind of the important thing to take away from it. Man, Twitch though, you do a lot of work over on with uh, Twitch streamers over there. Have everybody been playing Apex that you work with? (laughs) Honestly, yeah. My day job, for those of you that don't know, I'm an account manager at an influencer marketing firm, do a lot Mm -hmm. of Twitch work and yeah, I mean, it's always good to see Apex at the top. Makes my my work a little bit more fun with all the passion <laughs> of Apex there. Um, so you love to see it. And then the next piece of news, we had a secret balancing change to Octane. Uh, and this actually kind of inspired the rest of this episode in part. But the Octane Launchpad audio was changed so the according was changed so that according to live balance designer John Larson. It'll now be quite obvious when nearby players are using the pad and traveling through the air. We both hopped in right before this recording just to kind of isolate it and hear it for ourselves in the firing range. And it's loud. My goodness, this thing is an uptick in sound and the silent pad complaint will hopefully be disappearing for people. Yeah, honestly, this is a really great change. Like Mm -hmm. the launch pad is still such a fast way to move the team in such a variety of ways that if you're by yourself and you get padded on by a a three stack, not much you're going to be able to do still, but adding audio to it, I think makes it a lot less frustrating. So maybe Mm -hmm. you know it's happening before you're actually dead. So that's good. And more avoidable now, honestly. So it's a good change. If you hear it coming in your full team, I think there's an Mm -hmm. improved chance that you'll be able to all a coordinate and try and beam one person turn a three on three into a three on two or something very quickly hard to do anyways we love the octane pad but a nice little quality of life shift there i see you have a note in the show doc here eight days since the g7 was on the ground did we just need to take another moment of silence are you still you're still (laughs) grieving every day (laughs) i just don't want people to forget all right because it's coming back and the countdown has already started so eight days it's been hopefully not too many more well, every week we'll hit you with a reminder in this week's news segment. We got it going. Let's do it, though. Let's dive into the main topic of the day and talk about some of the things you just don't know about Apex Legends. And really, this 
conversation and episode stems from the fact that Apex is just a game full of random pieces of information that can only be found through trial and error and playing for hours. There's so much stuff that's in the menus and in the description of the guns, the legends or items that just doesn't actually exist like when you when you go to play it's this very weird thing uh, and today we're just going to try and cover a bunch of those things that the average apex player doesn't know uh, hopefully this list has something on it for everyone if not you're a pros pro and please let us know if there's still more stuff that we didn't cover uh, we tried to name a bunch but i think there's definitely some more stuff out there we always joked about how you know like information's left out on the patch notes each season and like this octane change this is kind of what inspired this episode in a way yeah i think that these are kind of those hidden tips that maybe they don't help you at all but maybe they can make a huge difference and this Mm -hmm. is going to span like just from interface things to legends to like different weapons and different looting items um trying to hopefully give you at least one positive takeaway no matter your your veteran status or whatever. Um, it kind of came onto our radar like last season when we felt like there was a lot of new players coming mm-hmm. in. Warzone specifically had this big influx and I was playing with a lot of randoms that didn't really know some of these mm-hmm. things that I've just had a second nature. So we kind of put yeah. together their list and hopefully uh, it gets some value from it. So the first thing we got on this list is some mini map features. So if you've ever been curious if you were inside the ring or not while you were hiding in a building or on a specific point of high ground or just chilling in a rat spot, the mini map will actually tell you this. If the zone for the next ring, the white tint on your mini map is blinking to a slightly darker shade, you're outside the zone. If it's solid, you're safe. I think this is a really cool piece of information to know with all the rat spots I see being discovered on this map every day, but one that is not uh, written out anywhere. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will try to look at the mini map to see their little triangle and see, is it going to be in in in. the line? Mm -hmm. It's still very hard to see. So this is a Mm -hmm. good indicator to kind of rely on to know quickly, are you in or are you out? Yep, Definitely. Next piece is the ring timer. This one might be more common sense, but the countdown underneath the mini map um, shows the ring shrink and it indicates your individual distance from the ring to the safe zone. So you actually know how far you have to go, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. And this is pretty typical in most BRs, but I think that it's important to know that you can look here, see exactly on a linear bar how far you are. And so you can say, okay, I'm halfway there. I'm on a close side. I'm not. And maybe you don't have to pop open the map in order to plot your course mm-hmm. if you're not too far away. I mean, I, I use this every time we play. Like, do I have enough time to loot said building or mm-hmm. said body before the zone rolls in? And it's a definitely an approximation, but it is a very helpful tool. So that top left corner of that screen will definitely give you guys a lot of information when you're playing the game. Uh, the next tip we have is some little firing range shenanigans. So there's Easter eggs of Nessies everywhere throughout the firing range, uh, but there's two that are actually a bit more interesting and affect your gameplay. So one allows you to activate the dummies in the firing range so that they can move around and shoot at you. Great for target practice. Uh Quick little explanation on how you do it. You go into the furthest tunnel to the right. If you're looking at all the tunnels at the top of the hill, uh, you grapple up into the rafters. I get you could take any way to get up into the little rafters in the dark. You look straight down at the ground, switch legends, they'll activate. You'll hear a nice little sound indicating that it did happen. And there is also another firing range Easter egg. Uh, this is the one that was re-enabled in the last patch that allows you to go switch your camera into third-person view. For anyone that's been with us for a long time and actually got to play the third-person version of Apex, this is always a nice little fun throwback. Uh, great way to look it up and enjoy your uh, third part. Enjoy shooting people in third person. <laughs> it's a pretty cool mode, and I, I hope that maybe they bring it back. We really thought that there was going to be maybe an overhaul to the firing range this season. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of weird that we lost this kind of Easter egg, brought it back. It's a little weird, but the one benefit and improvement to the firing range that we feel like we got is ammo now spawns a lot quicker. So Thank you goodness. can just mm-hmm. bundle it all up really quick. Great for firing practice. Mm-hmm. Next, we're going to go through 
what attachments really do. And some of these are really, really convoluted, honestly. Mm -hmm. It is much more complicated than you think, but there are some really key takeaways that I think can be applicable to your game. First one is the shotgun bolt. This is honestly, even though shotguns are not my favorite weapon, this is probably one of my favorite attachments because it's the only attachment that actually increases the damage per second or the raw power of mm -hmm. a weapon. <laughs> really, really love it. I mean, there's the turbocharger and there's different hop-ups, but actual like basic attachments, shotgun bolts, very cool. So essentially what it does and how it achieves that increased rate of fire DPS is it increases the rate of fire on all shotguns, but it does so in different ways depending on the weapon, which is a really interesting thing. And it's one that <laughs> is going to be repeated here. But so for the Mozambique and the EVA 8, they have the same advancement. If you have a common shotgun bolt, 15% faster uh, rate of fire, and then you go to level two, 25%, level three, 35%. So the difference between having a purple shotgun bolt and a common or no shotgun bolt is quite significant. You know, mm -hmm. you're looking at over a 30% increase to your rate of fire. That's going to compound extremely <laughs> when you're talking about your damage. So honestly, we've talked about this in the past, but really shotguns are to be used when you have the purple shotgun bolt. That's mm -hmm. pretty much how the looting priority works. You can use an R301 without the mag and kind of work your way up. But honestly, having a Mozambique, Eva A, anything without a purple shotgun bolt is pretty risky. Mm -hmm. It's really risky, especially when you get into those late games and other people do have shotgun bolts because then that 35% increase is going to feel a lot worse when you're on the opposing end of it. Yeah. And the reason that I say is just so special with the shotgun bolt is it's really affecting the time to kill. It's not making the mm -hmm. weapon easier to use. It's actually making it faster, more powerful. So when you're on the wrong side of that equation, it hurts. <laughs> but more things about the shotgun bolts is that it affects the massive and the PK in different ways. So level one for the EVA and the Mozambique is a 15% increased fire rate. For the Mastiff, it's only 10% increased. And for the PK, it's only 7.5% increased. Go all the way up to a purple shotgun bolt. Mozam Eva is 35%. And then Mastiff drops down to only 20% increase. And the PK only 16%. Now, that's kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. And it is a bit overwhelming to see, all right, so you put a purple shotgun bolt on a Mozambique and it increases the rate of fire by 35%. It does less than half of that to the Peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. hmm. That really makes you question like, all right, should I be using this attachment on the Peacekeeper or is it a really inefficient way to use the attachment? Mm -hmm. Good question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, not necessarily. This is like a balancing tool. You know, the power mm -hmm. of the Peacekeeper is different from the power of the EVA 8. And so how different attachments actually improve the weapon is different. So I can't really come out and say, yes, it's not the most efficient use because the weapon has a different fire rate from the get-go. So they're totally. all starting at different places. And over time, we've had these differences put into the shotgun bull. And I think it's it's pretty good for the weapon balance. I love seeing stuff like this because like we always talk about, we think Apex has some of the most balanced weapon design of any BR, any video game we've played in a long time where you feel like any gun you can have success with. And this kind of shotgun bolt snapshot shows you, okay, no matter what they were thinking about how they're going to balance the game in the best mm -hmm. way with every single gun getting a different function for the same attachment and that's kind of really cool to look at from a uh, bird's eye view when we look at the state of the game as it is and know that there's so much that goes into balancing out a br like apex yeah i think that right now season 11 shotguns are kind of an exciting topic how do you feel how the shotguns are feeling yeah i mean we talked about it on the patch note show last week because there were some shotgun changes and i think for overall 
they're feeling really good for a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of folks, including myself, who are enjoying the PK, thinking that the usability is a bit easier now uh, just because of the pellet size increase. That even nerf, we talked about it earlier. It's something, but it's not everything. I think the biggest nerf to the shotguns and why you might be going away from them this season as a whole is the map. You know, they're just not as relevant on Storm Point with these long, long lines of sight. That's how I've been feeling about them, though. Uh, how about yourself? I definitely agree. You know, it, it comes down to your legend, too. You know, just saying, oh, shotguns are really good. If you are like a Gibraltar main, I don't actually know if it's the best thing for you to do to use a shotgun. A lot of people yeah. say, you know, Gibby meta equals bubble fights equals shotguns are supreme. I don't personally think that is the case for my playstyle. So, you know, take what other people are saying with a grain of salt. There are some overarching truths, but I do have to say the shotgun meta is pretty healthy right now. I think there's mm-hmm. people having success with every single one, and it can come down to personal preference. That being said, I think our recommendation is still the Eva 8 is the strongest shotgun. Just avoid the Mastiff. That's where I'm at right now. Like You can make an argument for the Mozam over the Mastiff. <laughs> Just If you're going to run a shotgun, run an Eva or run a PK, I think it comes down to you know, some, for some people, I think it's personal preference. I'm going Eva, Henry's going Eva, but I'm not going to die on a hill with that argument right there. (laughs) Sure. Sure. It's a good place to be. Now let's talk about stocks because they do a lot more so than they have in all the seasons of Apex. They used to be kind of a joke. Like that was for a long time. The stocks were like, Oh, you don't, yeah, you don't need that to like go into the end game. But now I yeah, I mm-hmm. it definitely used to to laugh at people that were like, oh, I need my stock because yeah. do you and do you really know what that means? But now you're going to know exactly what the stock does. And if you thought the shotgun bolt was complicated, just wait. <laughs> so there's two different types of stocks. There's standard stocks and then there's sniper stocks that also go on the marksman class. And they do a variety of things. They decrease your aim down sight speed. Mm -hmm. They decrease your deploy and holster speed. So swapping your weapon up and down. They decrease your raise and lower speed. So even if you have it, you know, equipped, just raising the weapon is decreased. Then it also decreases the aim drift, which is a little bit confusing. But as you're aiming down sights, maybe it's not as confusing, but... It's confusing when you think about it in the context of this next thing. So you mm-hmm. have aim drift for both types of s- stocks, but then you have drift speed reduced for the sniper stocks. They sound pretty similar, but aim drift is essentially that sway that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Drift speed is the speed of that drift. How much versus how fast. That's yeah, kind of the you know, difference right there. At a big picture... Not a huge difference between the two, especially since the stocks don't do an incredible amount um, to change that. But the final thing, and probably the most important thing of the stock, is it decreases your reload speed. Mm-hmm. At a level one, it's a 3% reduction to your reload speed across the board. Pretty interesting. But what's weird about this is that the standard stock and the sniper stock kind of have different balanced values. Mm-hmm. For your deploy and holster time, it's the same. For your raise and lower time, it's the same. And then for the reload speed reduction, it's also the same. But only sniper stocks have the drift speed mm-hmm. advantage. And then for aim drift and aim down sight time, they're completely different values. So it's pretty interesting. The difference between them is between 5 and 10% across the board. But another interesting look at balancing. But now that we know all the little things that the stocks do and how they help you, um, it's really improved handling. All right. Improved handling, improved reload. Yep. That, that's, the, that's, yep that's the short way to look at it. And it's important to note because there is some value in picking up an actual stock. It used to be, like we said, 
really irrelevant to your game. Uh, but we talk about the average time to kill, you know, floating around approximately one ish second. And so anything that can help you with that reload speed, get closer and anything that can help control recoil, because that's the reason the R301 is the favorite. You know, if we can get that down on any yeah. weapon with a stock, that's going to be very helpful uh, for most players for sure. Yeah, let's talk more about those kind of important metrics. So the reload speed reduction, mm -hmm. if you have no stock versus a purple stock. For the R301, no stock is 3.2 seconds for a full reload. And with a purple stock, it's going to be 2.88 seconds. So that's a difference of about a third of a second. And it's going to be the same for the Rampage. So a couple different options, about a third of a second difference, just based off having a stock or not. Mm-hmm. That matters. I think that matters. We'll talk more about that. But <laughs> some other things to note is that the bow can't take a stock. So you cannot reduce the ADS time. You can't reduce the deploy or raise or lower time. You can't reduce mm -hmm. the aim drift, drift speed, whatever. Can't do it. Obviously, there's no real reload mechanic with the yeah. bow. Um, but kind of interesting to note, the bow is what it is. It can't be improved handling-wise like... Mm -hmm almost every other weapon which is an important thing to note because if you know you get respawned late game and you don't have guns with attachments the bow might service you well as being something that you can try at least to carry into a late game kind of like how we used to talk about the l-star used to be like you could pick up an l-star and be good yeah. with it it wasn't going to give you the peak but it wasn't going to give you the low and that's kind of where the bow is trying to slide in it feels like i have to agree with that and then another marksman, the 3030, is also pretty different because it reloads single shots at a time. And mm -hmm. so its improvements from a stock based off of the reload speed is completely different as well. Level one, it's 5% less reload time. Level two, 12 and a half. Level three, 20%. So different values there, a little less impactful just because it's one at a time. But the overall tip for stocks, I think, is try to equip your stocks to your heavy weapon first. If you're running heavy and light, use it on the heavy first because they tend to have a slower equip and holster speed times. So it's going to give you a little bit more of an advantage by prioritizing the stock on heavy weapons. And that's what you got to know about stocks. That's all the details. Walk us through the barrel stabilizers, though, because this is something we talk about all the time when we do our yeah. weapon comparisons, you know, like, oh, R31 versus flatline, pick your preference, but R31's got a barrel stabilizer. So what does that actually mean per se? Yeah, barrel stabilizers, they matter a lot. And so mm -hmm. you can equip these to a Hemlock, R301, Car, R99, Volt, all the LMGs, Longbow, and RE45. So it has a pretty impactful, like, space in the There's game. These are all powerful mm -hmm. weapons if you look at them like that. Um, but essentially from level one all the way to level three, essentially they reduce recoil. So mm -hmm. uh, a purple barrel stabilizer, you're going to have 15% recoil, but then more specifically, you're going to have 30% less pitch randomness and 20% less yaw randomness. Now, what are those weird words pitch essentially <laughs> uh, pitch in apex legends is the initial bullet trajectory from the exit of the barrel honestly it's the key recoil stat when we mm -hmm. look at these numbers and it says 15 percent less recoil i'm a i believe that is a basic coefficient it's kind of like across the board across mm -hmm. both pitch and yaw it's going to be reduced an additional 15 percent pitch is really what you're going to feel the most that initial recoil mm -hmm. yaw on the other hand is more of that ranged recoil so the change mm -hmm. in bullet spread over distance so you're going to have a tighter spread across a distance with less yaw mm -hmm. but the other cool takeaway about barrel stabilizers is the change to the l star this season now it does not act like all the other weapons that take a barrel stabilizer and honestly it's pretty significant so if we look at that purple barrel stabilizer again, 15% less recoil, 30% less pitch randomness, 20% less yaw randomness. The L-star, 10% less across the board for all the metrics. That's significant. And so the mm -hmm. big takeaway here is that, yes, 
the L-Star got a barrel stabilizer. To everyone's disbelief, I cannot believe it happened, but this season, it's a lot less impactful to have the barrel stabilizer. Mm -hmm. You can take that information two ways. You can say L-Star is less accurate overall this season. It's going to be harder Mm -hmm. to use. That's going to be true. You can also say, well, I don't need to prioritize getting a barrel stabilizer for my L-Star as much Mm -hmm. as other weapons. So... Maybe you're not going to be using the L-Star as much, but if you are, now you're equipped with the information to put your barrel on an R301 or an Mm -hmm. R9 if you're carrying both the L-Star and another option. Yeah, and that's what this is about. That's what this show is about, is hoping that we can give you some random piece of information, essentially, that you can't find anywhere else that'll hopefully help your game. Because the difference between using a Hemlock with a purple barrel stabilizer versus using an L-Star with a purple barrel stabilizer is going to be quite drastic when it comes down to it. And the barrel stabilizer is probably one of our favorite attachments, so it is an important thing to note. Uh, Let's keep it rolling, though. So we got some myths about the optics in the game. Unlike other shooters, the optics in Apex Legends don't change recoil, hip fire, accuracy, or anything. It's just purely visibility and the UI, which I think for a lot of people takes a lot of adjusting to, especially if you're coming from the COD scene of okay, this is going to take up an attachment slot. Okay, this is going to decrease my ADS speed. This is going to do some kind of effect on my game. Not an Apex. You just get to chill, choose your optic, enjoy it, put your three times on whatever ever gun you want to. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, and it really means that if you truly like the visibility of the iron sights, there is no penalty to do so. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're not forced to use a one times HCOG or hollow sight you can use the irons and not feel like you're at any, you know, speed disadvantage. Sometimes mm-hmm. it affects the ADS speed. Sometimes it affects that hip coil recoil just by yeah. having a sight attached. So that's a good one. And I think an important myth that many people don't know. Next, we got the tactical reloads. So what is a tactical reload? In case anybody doesn't know, hitting that reload button while you still have some bullets in your magazine versus going full empty and then reloading. And this actually does change the reload time of some weapons. Well, actually, of all the weapons. But the two we're going to be looking at today are the R301 and the Rampage. So for the R301, for a full reload, you're looking at 2.88 seconds. For an R301 on a tactical reload, you're looking at 2.16 seconds. It's a 0.72 difference. Maybe that doesn't seem major, but like we talked about earlier, your average time to kill is approximately one second, 75% of a difference, you know, in terms of having an advantage in a gunfight that could bank or break it. Rampage, three seconds for a full reload, 2.34 for a tactical. So that's a 0.66 difference. We're, we're looking at an actual impact is what we are trying to explain here and it's an important thing to note it's why it's in every single numbers breakdown that we do what's the tactical reload of this gun when we compare them because when you're going head to head hitting a tactical versus hitting a full could be the difference between you winning or losing a fight it really is i mean we try to preach swapping weapons a lot and using two weapons that you feel confident with up close because honestly in apex those up close engagements are what counts you can use your sniper, your marksman, or your LMG, or your AR at distance and you know have fun leveling up your Evo. But what really counts for your KD and winning games is those close-range gunfights. Tactical reloads really, really make a difference if you're not using two weapons that you can swap to with confidence. Like mm-hmm. It's going to be big. A lot of people stick to reloading their primary weapon. Focusing on the tactical is what's going to allow you to do that better than your opponent. Especially on a especially on a map like Stormpoint, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of emphasis on running snipers and marksmen that may not be as effective up close, unless we're talking about the triple take. Um, it, it's important totally. to note for sure. Ammo types. Mm-hmm. This is the next one. Um, it's been one that we've tried to talk about a lot uh, since the very beginning. I know that it was something that we had. Uh, not believed was correct at the very beginning of Apex, but it definitely is. Mm -hmm. Different ammo types don't make a physical difference to the game and its physics engine. Mm -hmm. So heavy ammo does not have a slow effect 
nor does it travel at a different speed. Mm -hmm. Now, energy weapons have different bullet travel, but this is a weapon by weapon difference and not just a general rule of light ammo acts differently than heavy or even sniper for like that reason. So look the at the charge rifle versus the triple take, you know, totally. like as a comparison between the two, they both have mm -hmm. that kind of hit scan effect that I think people look for different types of ammo. Exactly. Keep it rolling. Another fun one. Another fun yeah. one that I like is weapons that can open the small doors in Apex. So mm -hmm. the Wingman, Longbow, L-Star, Sentinel, and 3030 can all open doors by mm -hmm. shooting right at the hinge. Mm -hmm. um, 3030 can only do this in single fire mode. You can't be using it in shotgun mode and just start blasting through uh, doors. <laughs> <That'd be> great. <laughs> but it's a pretty cool trait that you can use while kind of having those pick fights and harassing people mm -hmm. in buildings. Um, you know, in a perfect world, it'd be an awesome way to breach a door, but honestly, the kick does that in a great way. So it's more so just that knowledge of being able to harass people at range, I think, and mm -hmm. expose them, uh, when they're not really blocking the door like they should be. I mean, if you got the Sentinel on a big sniper scope, this is going to be more effective than trying to get a thermite there. But mm -hmm. for the most part, if you're in a short to medium range, that grenade is going to be a more effective technique for busting down a door. But the option is there, and that's nice to know. And don't think that we forgot about the Rampage. So <laughs> little known thing about the Rampage is that you can rev it up with a thermite. Mm -hmm. In the UI, this is a very, very clear thing. You can even request thermites. I think mm -hmm. that they did a great job with the design. This is something that you must do. I really, really recommend carrying a rampage but if you do make sure you're using a thermite because it increases your rate of fire and therefore your damage per second and mm -hmm. the difference is extreme without a thermite without being revved up you're looking at 140 damage per second with one it's 182 damage per second huge huge difference and when you do have the dragon's breath going crazy yeah. the rampage can destroy doors destroy well them we Big would difference. be freaking out if the TTK of a gun got changed like that with a buff or a nerf. So to say that you can do it just by carrying a little thermite, that's kind of an important thing to note for sure. And you can also destroy doors with it while it's revved. So you get to really, really buzz people down, you know, because we talked about earlier, only the single fire guns got to do it. Okay, well, now you get to do it with the full auto gun. That's going to make people feel some of that pain a lot quicker. <laughs> For sure. Before we get into the rest of the episode, though, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's keep it rolling. We got one in the same vein as the Rampage with the Sentinel now. So you can charge the Sentinel with a couple shield cells, two to be precise. Uh, and by charging it, you give it amped damage. So 88 to the body instead of 70. And then little known fact is that if you're wearing gold armor, this only costs one shield cell instead of two to charge up the Sentinel, which is one that I actually found out somewhat recently. I feel like I remember we talked about it on the show, but it just kind of escaped my mind. So nice little reminder out there for everyone on that. And Hey, if you're a gold armor lover, maybe give the Sentinel a try on Stormpoint and just start trying to always have it amped or something. <laughs> it's just such a funny relation, I think, just because I think gold armor is, in a popular standpoint, less prominent than the red armor. Mm -hmm. And I think the Sentinel is probably one of the less loved snipers. And so the fact that they're just kind of connected with this trait, I Very think it's such a random balancing mm -hmm thing that it, it cracks me up but yeah i think that this one i think is important to point out because long ago when you charged up the sentinel it had a disruptor round effect so that it actually did more damage to shields mm -hmm. that's completely changed it's just raw damage it's called amps now um it just increases that multiplier which honestly is a positive thing just because if you're counting on your enemies, you know, to have a certain amount of shields in order to increase the damage, it's going to hurt. So when people have common and blue armor, this is actually way, way to the Sentinel's benefit. All I know is just let us put a bat in the Sentinel and let's see what happens. <sighs> I feel like Man. it would get really amped at that point. <laughs> It'd be worth a shot. I'd be down for that. 
Oh, man. Next one is inventory pings. This one, it's not specifically outlined anywhere. If you hover over, you might be able to get some tips for it, but you can request ammo by pinging your weapons or the ammo stack in your inventory. This is a good one. You know, if mm-hmm. you know, I really want the Havoc, I have a turbocharger and I have a little stack of energy, but I know that that thing's going to eat up energy ammo. I need to request more now and I don't even have the weapon. Mm-hmm. You can do that just by pinging that stack in your inventory. And I remember when they added that, we were freaking out because we've been asking for that so often. And you can see the exact amounts that you currently are holding when you ping in like the little chat essentially on the side of the screen. Yeah, I think they've done such a good job with the ping system. And Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love this other one, which is you can let your team know what charge your ultimate is and when it's ready to go. So when you open up your inventory, you can ping in the bottom right what percent it is charged so you can tell them Mm -hmm. it's not ready or when it is ready in order to trigger something like an EMP, like an Mm -hmm. ash ult, like something that needs that coordination, you can ping it. Yeah, very important to note. Let's talk about something incredibly important in Apex Legends and that is the fastest way to drop. You're going to have to do this every game no matter what. And so knowing how to be speedy is going to be quite important. So the first thing you need to do is when you hit launch, always be looking straight down. That's going to help you build some momentum and create some speed. To cover long distances, we've nicknamed the dolphin technique, uh, which means you look down to increase your momentum and then level out, look straight ahead, and that's going to allow you to do this up and down motion and cover some longer distances. If you're going around 800 meters, you take a dive when you hit the 135 speed mark on the left side of your screen. That'll level you out to about 145 before you hit another dive. If you're going a thousand plus meters, look down at around 130 speed before leveling out. Anything over 1300, you're just going to have difficulty getting there in general. And so you might just drop short, but odds are you'll be uncontested anyways if you try and go that far. And then when it comes to going straight down, if you want to hit the ground first, you got a straight line from the drop ship. 100 or 450 meters is the way to go at that point, and then you'll hopefully hit the ground running. These are really good numbers to just have in your head. You know, the speed is important, the distance is important, um, and because the drop ship changes all the time, you kind of need to adjust to this mm-hmm. on a game-to-game basis. So it's a really good tip. Now, the next tip is one that I've recently (laughs) discovered, and although I don't play on mouse and key, I do play on PC, so I get the benefits. (laughs) And early, early on, I think it was season two or three, Apex released an integration for the Razer Chroma. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the software behind all Razer keyboards, mice, things like that. It's really, really cool. If you're in the zone, there's a different color. If you're getting a healing item, uh, the whole keyboard is blue with a green line going from left to right until you've completely healed yourself from the healable. There's a lot of cool integrations they have. I've really been enjoying it. It pairs up with your dive trail, Mm -hmm. like when you're knocked, when you get a knock, when you're shooting, when you're looting. It's pretty, pretty cool. I think if you're missing out on this, it's maybe worth getting a Razer keyboard. <laughs> nice little benefit if you already have a Razer as well and you don't know. So definitely go check it out. Next little tip, you actually, unlike other games, and this is what keeps Apex's movement top tier, you run the same speed with any weapon, but the difference between, I guess if we want to call it weapon weight, which is an actual metric, but your LMGs, your marksmen versus the SMGs, your ADS movement speed changes. So when you're aiming down sights, that's when you're actually going to slow down. But hey, you can carry two LMGs and run just as fast as if you were carrying two pistols, which I think that makes complete sense. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it does. I guess it does. The last kind of general tip is a little bit more information about how the triadents work. Mm-hmm. Triadents are something that I think a lot of players are scared to use um, because it is a little scary getting on a big target and running across the map. Um, but a couple of things is, number one, save your boost. Mm-hmm. Do not get in the triadent and boost instantly unless you're already taking fire. You go so fast already that there is really no rush. Save the boost for when you're fired upon, and then you're going to get out of there. 
but when you are fired upon, it's important to note how the damage works. If the enemy hits the trident itself, it will distribute 20% of that damage to each person on the trident. Now, I don't know if that sounds like a little or a lot, <laughs> but to put it into some context, if somebody were to fire an entire mag of an R301, so it would do 14 damage per bullet, there's 28 bullets, all of that on a dummy or a target or a person would mm -hmm. be 392 damage. But if you're on a trident, each person would only receive 78 damage. That's, that's not going to kill you. That's mm -hmm. not very bad. You know, you're not even cracking your shields. You're relatively safe. Yes, that's one person hitting every single shot. I've been in bad situations uh, where you can get in trouble. But mm -hmm. honestly, saving that boost and knowing that you're actually safer than you think on a trident is pretty key. Still have to watch out for the arc stars. Don't be driving over Watson fences. But if you mm -hmm. can do those two things, tridents are a pretty effective way at traversing both maps they're on yeah and on the other side of it just know all three people gotta be shooting at the tridents when you hear it or see it to actually make mm -hmm. them either use that boost or get out because they start to get intimidated one r301 hitting every shot is still not going to be incredibly intimidating but once you got three people shooting you're going to start racking up that damage and then you crack shields people panic on the trident no doubt but that's the general tips like we said so let's talk about some of the secret legend abilities that we've gathered through our what almost over two years ish now of uh playing apex essentially and uh try and put them all in here and uh see if we can teach anybody anything because there's a lot of random ones in here for sure yeah some definitely more impactful than others but overall these are just kind of little known legend abilities and traits that mm -hmm. if you main or don't main somebody Pretty important to know for both offense and defense from these legends. Um, first one being Gibraltar's passive, the gun shield, has a cooldown. And that cooldown is nine seconds. So if you do 50 damage to a Gibraltar's gun shield, and you're hitting them right in the body and they're aiming right back at you, and you break it, you have nine seconds. That, that mm -hmm. Gibraltar is completely exposed. And on the flip side, as the Gibraltar player, you do not have that passive ability. It's really mm -hmm. no longer passive. No longer passive, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of important to know. It's a good one. And it, it's important to note for timing your push as well. Like if you crack that Gibraltar gun shield and then maybe four seconds-ish later, and if you got that internal clock going, someone else cracks another teammate, you can push and know, okay, I should probably emphasize hitting this Gibraltar so I don't end up ADS'd in a little close range fight with a gun shield because that 50 damage will make a big difference for you on what you can take because unfortunately we don't all just hit only headshots like a lot of players out there apparently <laughs> apparently so and the nice thing about the Gibraltar gun shield now is that you can actually charge up your evil armor by doing damage to it so you can confidently kind of have those poke fights against Gibraltars when in the past that could be pretty frustrating uh, to really be wasting your ammo completely yeah back to the trident with another tip in case you didn't know rampart sheila can be mounted and used on a trident in placement mode the other legend abilities that can interact with the trident as well are the dome shields and gas traps nothing's more fun than putting a rampart sheila on a trident and rolling around not sure it's the most effective technique. If we had to choose one, I'd think the bubble's going to win out with the one that actually has the most use case. But hey, if you want to drive around with Sheila on the back of a trident, feel free. Not as big it's, of a deal now that she can walk around with it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty fun thing to do, like you said. I think yeah. if you couple the Gibraltar and the Rampart and you want to have fun on a trident, that's yeah. a pretty good way to go because you can be really aggressive and you can just pop the bubble on the vehicle and get out of there uh, if it gets too crazy. The other thing about Sheila though, and is definitely pertinent now that you can use it while walking around, is that Sheila can break down doors. Mm -hmm. So the rampage when revved up can break down doors. But other than that, this is a really, really hidden ability that you can punish your enemies big time for blocking doors, healing. If somebody's on a phoenix behind a door and you just whip out Sheila, even with the spin-up time, most mm -hmm. people don't know about this. And really, even if they did, what are they going to do? 
Like mm-hmm. you're coming in regardless and it's pretty scary. So high DPS on this thing. This is a way to get some easy kills if you just whip it out and fire it at these doors. Another uh, interaction with the Trident that should have gone in the general section, but I'm just remembering it now because that's how our show doc always goes when we prepare, is you can, there's a little bug, you can throw a heat shield under the Trident. And if you do, it will, it doesn't look like it's attached, but it will drive around with the Trident. You can't actually throw a heat shield like directly on the brim like a dome shield and have success doing it that way you have to throw it under to keep it protected essentially so it doesn't just uh get lit up ever (laughs) and the heat shields are ones that we'll probably talk about in a future episode but they're an interesting one just because their power is predicated on the strength of the ring and so that's kind of another thing to go into but an important thing to note Mm -hmm. next fortified is really some of the last remnants of the hitbox balancing techniques that were used in days gone by. Um, Fortified is on Caustic and Gibraltar. And what it Mm -hmm. does is it makes it so that they take 15% less damage from every attack. Pretty cool. Um, But the other thing is that they're not slowed by taking enemy weapon fire. So Mm -hmm. even though heavy bullets and light bullets don't have any difference between the two in terms of this effect when you're getting hit by bullets you are slowed gibraltar and caustic are not it's just like octane when they're stimmed Mm -hmm. but you get it all the time if you're playing as a big boy so it is a nice little bonus to know for sure and fortified is such an interesting discussion and i think it's so interesting that the devs have kind of iterated that they're never going to bring another big legend into the game because fortified is just such a weird thing that they've said they wish in a perfect world they hadn't made the characters as big but i love that we got the thick boy squad though between caustic and gibby so i think we'll we'll live with fortified for the time being yeah i mean we've said goodbye to low profile which is essentially the opposite of this um i don't think we're gonna lose fortified in the near future but the verbiage that has gone around this ability in the past has been, this is for balancing hitboxes. Now it's pretty much been used at least on low profile as a balancing legends tool. We can increase the power of Wraith or Pathfinder by removing low profile. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know, it's changed a lot. I think in our eyes on how we've spoken about it, how we've defended it or attacked it. Um, but it is what it is. Low profile is gone. Fortified is here gotta give some love to mirage as well here every heirloom has some unique animations that you can get with it but mirage is a really cool one it has nothing to do with the actual abilities of him but any skin that has goggles when you take out your heirloom mirage will actually be seen wearing the goggles on the character model while carrying the heirloom and i think that's a really cool little technique it may not help you win fights but just knowing that you're not going to be blinded by the light in the Apex universe, at least. It's really, really cool. I love these kind of like hidden skin effects, yeah. like Gibraltar with the inspect on his heirloom, how he can mm-hmm. take off and look at the gun shield. Like these things are really, really cool. Crypto running that, with hands in pocket. Like, yeah, I love those things. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they're really cool to look at and definitely changes the way uh, that you see the game. Next, a little bit of maybe a simple technique, um, but is I think one that's important to note, Bangalore can use her tactical while healing. So mm-hmm. because it's a complete launcher on her back, I don't know how she activates it, but she can be <laughs> applying a med kit or popping a bat or popping a phoenix and deploy her smoke. And that's pretty cool to know. You know, not every legend can do this. Fuse can't do that. Um, mm-hmm. It is tactical, even though it functions quite similarly. Um, and so very much a defensive ability uh, bait packed into its uh, kind of features and mechanics. Other thing about Bangalore to keep in mind is that we love her passive. Double time yep. is excellent. Increasing her, mo- her mobility by 30% is huge for two seconds whenever she's fired upon. But kind of like Gibraltar, this passive does have a cooldown of about four seconds. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to trigger this passive all the time throughout a fight of course, but knowing that you have about four seconds is a really good thing to know and count in your head. All right, 
I've been fired upon. I've double timed mm-hmm. it. I'm behind cover. Now, if I wait the four seconds, I know I'm going to have it again in order to maybe jump to the next position or maybe peek to do some damage. I love the animations like this where Bangalore, the hand just goes to the back while she's one hand healing, essentially. It looks great. It's, it reminds me of like the Rev where he's like firing the silence, but he can also throw a nade at the same time. And so you can hold yeah. both. It, stuff like that is really fun in this game uh the next one we have on this list here is a lifeline tip uh you can actually res both teammates at once which was a question we had kind of going in and one that may not be intuitive is that once you hit the auto res on one character you can still go by yourself and go revive just like any other normal legend would it's really, really powerful, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like this is one that has been to my benefit and my defeat many, many times where you feel like you're on the advantage, you have two knocks and the lifeline is able to hold down maybe a small building or be behind mm-hmm. cover and get both up because it's really hard to try to attack two different auto revives when maybe that lifeline is shooting back at you. So important to, as the lifeline, know that you should do this and you should do it quick because it's a really, really powerful ability. Throw in a gold bag and things get wild, to say the least, with Lifeline. Okay, last tip of the show, last secret legend ability, we have the Bloodhound FOV increase. So when you activate Beast of the Hunt, Bloodhound's ultimate, you get an increase in your field of view, get a little fish eye kind of perspective. But it's cool to kind of note that when you look for it next time you activate the ability you do get that zoom on the perspective and increase the peripherals i think it's an awesome addition to his kit or to their kit uh, to try and kind of incorporate feeling like that beast of the hunt like you see everything you see the peripherals super hyper aware totally it definitely feels that way you've probably already noticed it subconsciously but it's a pretty Mm -hmm. cool feature um you also get a similar increase to your fov when stimmy with octane Mm -hmm. But if this is something that maybe you don't like because it throws off your aim or you just don't like how it looks or maybe adjusting the FOV hurts your PC or something like that, you can actually toggle this off in the settings. So -hmm. this is one of those abilities that can actually change in the settings, kind of like Valk's jetpack where you can kind of toggle, okay, is it toggle or hold to use Mm -hmm. the jetpack? So important to be diving into those settings all the time to see what can you really do and customize incoming alc from the third party podcast youtube video maybe so we can we can try and hit that algorithm hard okay let's wrap it up though that's gonna that's kind of the show for today essentially what are some of you think the overall takeaways some of our listeners could have hearing these tips i mean the goal is to hopefully teach every person one little thing but do you have a favorite at all from all of these or anything along those lines I think the big takeaway is maximizing across the Mm -hmm. board, whether it's your weapon choice and making sure you're getting the most out of it. You should really be charging up the Sentinel. You should be really revving up the Rampage. You should be using your attachments on the right weapon in order to maximize their potential. Um, And that also carries over to the Legends, you know, having a deep, deep understanding of your Legends abilities allows you to be faster and make smarter, more informed decisions. So I think all of these are important to know. Like I, I think, do have some favorites, but yeah. it's really good knowledge across the board. Hearing all these little things that you get out of the legends, I think really emphasizes how nice it can be to have a core main, whether it's mm-hmm. just one legend or a small handful that you play repeatedly, because you only discover things like that by either listening to the third party podcast or playing one specific legend or character for a very long time. And just knowing that by doing so, you really get to learn everything about the kit and the advantages and disadvantages that come with playing that legend. Maximizing your guns is one thing. Maximizing your legend is another thing. And doing everything you can to help yourself get that win is really important. That's going to wrap up today's show, though. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Leave a five-star review with your question and answer on Apple Podcasts. Man, I don't know how to talk, and now we're on video. Leave a five-star review. We'll answer it on the show next time around. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom. 
whole squad down.